everyone. I'm Maria Sansone and welcome to another edition of Mom to Mom. Today we are talking about something that some of you might find a little bit scary. I know it's something that I've thought about a lot. We are talking about internet safety, especially as it pertains to us parents. We live in a digital age where it feels like there is trouble around every corner for our kids. Technology is such a huge part of our lives right now for better or for worse. And it's something that our parents simply didn't have to deal with, right? They didn't have to worry about sexting and texting and social media and screen time and all of these things. So it kind of feels like as a parent, Right now, we are navigating these digital waters all alone. And boy, do I have some questions. So I am so grateful for my guest today because internet safety and technology is truly her life's work. So let me introduce you to Katie Greer. She is an internet safety expert, and she's gonna help us understand how we can parent kids of all ages with technology so that they can be safe. She has worked in law enforcement as an intelligence analyst. She helped develop the very first internet safety program and is now pursuing her PhD in criminology. So Katie has seen some things and she gets that technology is here to stay. She's here for that, but she's also gonna show us how to put some parameters around it and be smart about it so that we can keep ourselves and our kids safe. So here is my conversation with Katie Greer. Hey, Katie, how are you? Welcome to mom to mom This is awesome. I'm so excited to be here. I'm, I'm a giant fan, so I'm excited. Oh my gosh, wow, thank you. And I'm so excited for this conversation because I have so many questions when it comes to the internet, not just for me, but for my kids. And I think about internet safety all the time. So first I want to tell everyone that you're going to share that we don't need to be terrified of the internet. Am I right? A thousand percent. I am the biggest fan of social media and all things, the internet, which I think is a common misconception in the work that I do and definitely has seen an evolution throughout time, right? That when I was working with the attorney general's office and the state police, it was all like new, scary, horrible, terrible things, but we've definitely seen an evolution of can bad things happen? Sure. But there's a way that we can make this manageable and safe for us and our kids to use. So let's talk about the actual work that you do, because this truly is your specialty, technology and internet safety. So talk about what you do and also how you got interested in this line of work. Yes, it was kind of a right place at the right time moment. Um, You know, I, like you, grew up with nothing, right? No technology, no internet, nothing. My grandparents had a rotary phone. Okay. Oh, same. Yeah. And I'm like, old. We would talk on the, the coolest thing I had growing up in high school was the see-through phone, you know, the see-through fluorescent phone. I don't, I don't mean to brag, but I had a pager. Oh, I did not get one of those. So you are way luckier than I am. Um, Okay. Now that we've dated ourselves, carry on. (laughs) So I think that, you know, growing up, not having any of this, then growing up in high school and college, when all of this stuff started to come out and now full blown in it. I mean, a lot of your work, a lot of my work is done online. Um, I think we are really have a unique perspective in that 
we've seen kind of the whole progression of this happen. And also as adults and as parents, I feel like we've seen this sparkly new shiny thing and jumped all over it without trying to think about ways that we can make it better or safer. So that was kind of my goal when I worked at the attorney general's office right out of college. Um, I accidentally got into this because they had a cyber crimes unit and I was like, Hey, I'm on Facebook and Friendster talking about dating ourselves, right? And like, I don't know that any bad things happen. So what do you guys do here all day long? And I learned about all these bad things and thought, well, if we just talk about a couple of rules, it really doesn't have to be that bad or dangerous, but no one's talking about it. So my goal was to just kind of get the conversation started and I haven't stopped, so. And you talk about how people just sort of jump in, but it seems like these new platforms just sneak up on us. So we kind of are given no opportunity to even take a beat and think about it. All of a sudden, one day, TikTok's on your phone and all of your friends are talking about it or a platform we haven't heard about yet. So it seems like you almost want to plan in place for things that haven't even been developed yet. Does that make sense? A thousand percent. I mean, this is my job, right? So one of the things that I always say to adults, because it seems like kids innately just figure this stuff out. Um, but for adults, my tip is know these apps on a Google level, right? I don't need you to know how to use the unicorn filter with the heart glasses on TikTok, but know what it's about, know what it does, hop on before you let your kids on um, and just do a little bit of research, um, which I think is something that our generation missed a little bit, right? That we were like, ooh, new app, let me try this. Ooh, new app. And now we're going back and saying, I didn't know about the privacy settings. I didn't know about the information that they collected. So we need to be better about educating ourselves real quickly about what these apps do and how they function. And then in a broader sense too, right? We're kind of talking about social media right now and apps, but when we talk about technology and tech safety, there's all types of things that fall under that umbrella, like passwords and texting and sexting and internet bugs. So do you focus on all of those things? I do. I'm actually uh, getting my PhD right now. And my whole, this whole year, I'm going to be focusing on my dissertation, which is all around sexting, which is also a totally different topic of conversation, but it encompasses, you're right, so much of our lives. I mean, education alone, my kids uh, were fully remotely learning this whole past year, right? So how do we navigate new Chromebooks versus iPads versus text messaging and kids can communicating and, and adults communicating, right? So there really is a giant world of things that we need to kind of uh, divvy up our attention and focus on to make sure that we can make this safe and productive for us and then in turn our kids. And technology is such a necessary evil in the eyes of some. I mean, you look at this past year and kids were learning yeah. with their teachers via Zoom. So, you know, technology was everywhere. So as a parent, it's very difficult to create these boundaries when it's absolutely necessary. So let's start to talk about a little bit how parents can start to implement some um, restrictions, shall we say, when it comes to this? And I'm sure it, you know, obviously depends on the age of kids. 
It not only depends on the age of the kids, but also individual circumstances, right? So um, while my household, I may allow things or not allow things. There was a, um, a kid I remember in first grade and my daughter came home and was like, but mom, he has a cell phone. And come to find out, of course, you know, come to find out he's diabetic and his um, insulin pump goes along uh, wirelessly or Bluetooth through his phone. So of course he needs one, right? I talked to a lot of families who are from divorced households as well, right? So um, families want to be able to communicate when they're at moms or dads or whatever it may be. So different families have different rules and expectations and that's okay. So zero judgment whatsoever. I will say I get so many questions. The, the biggest question I get is, I think I'm messing up my kid because I have too much screen time. What is the appropriate amount? Ah, the appropriate yes. amount. Yes. Right. Which again is different. It might be different for my kids than it is for your kids. And that's okay. Uh, you know, the American Association of Pediatrics, people that are way smarter than me and focus on this full time. Um, developed a guideline literally you can go on and like type in your kids age and gender and it'll spit out how much time they should have online but i wow. especially after this year that we just had think to myself i would have failed as a parent of a nine-year-old and an eight-year-old by monday because sure. they were fully remotely learning seven hours a day and and online you know it's kind of unfair because do we mean online doing school programs or do we mean online watching youtube videos they're not all created equally. They're not. And there's so much gray area. Here's the thing that I would prefer parents focus on. I would prefer don't get so caught up in the how much, but get more focused on times and places where this stuff is mandatory off and away. Right. So like the dinner table or when you're going to the bathroom or when you're riding in the car or Tuesdays and Thursdays between three and seven, trying to focus on some times where you can make this stuff off in a way and refocus back on communicating, playing outside, socializing, playing a game, doing something different. I want to ask you about because we just did an episode on overparenting. And we really dug into what it means to be a helicopter parent and how, you know, we want to keep our kids safe, but we've got to allow them to make their mistakes and do their thing. So having said all that, how does that play into parenting with technology? Right. So after just talking about the fact that all households are not created equally, right? I think one thing that I always go by is our offline expectations as parents and rules and boundaries should match our online expectations as parents. So for instance, um, if I'm going to, one big thing that I think parents miss a lot is checking their kids' followers list or people that subscribe to them or who follows them or who they follow. That is huge, right? Because I know, Maria, that you would not let your kids go hang out um, in your town by themselves with like a hundred random strangers. That's no, certainly not. But yet sometimes if they're on social media or if they have a device, we let them text or communicate or game with a hundred strangers online. So that's where I think we need to draw that line of, okay, if I'm going to be checking in on this offline, I want to check in on it online as well. So those behaviors and expectations should match up. And I'm going to give the biggest tip of all, the earlier you start 
these conversations around your expectations and behaviors when it comes to technology, the easier it's going to be. And that's not new news as a parent, right? If you tell your child as like a junior in high school, by the way, you now have a curfew, it's eight o'clock, they're gonna be like, what? Right, so I think that's really important, setting that, having that conversation early and often will make this much easier to parent. We're gonna take a quick break, but first, a huge shout out to our sponsors, Hood Sour Cream. Hood Sour Cream is made from high quality hood milk and cream, so I know I'm giving my family the good stuff. And I love using Hood Sour Cream in my jalapeno grilled poppers, and I am always the head of the summer barbecue with these guys. So Katie, with your experience working with the Massachusetts State Police and pursuing your PhD in criminology, I can only imagine some of the things you have seen. So I would love to kind of break down each age group and talk about the specific threats that we should be aware of. So let's start with the younger kids, like the elementary school kids. Yeah. So I have two elementary school kids. So I not only have seen this professionally, but also personally for me, it's really the basics of, um, I guess like internet etiquette, right. Um, that we have to think about their brains not being fully developed yet. So that's a lot of power in their hands, right. An iPad or a Chromebook or a phone. So that's one thing, um, that kind of concerns me. Another big thing for me with elementary school students is gaming online with strangers. Mm -hmm. So there are a lot of wonderful apps and games out there that are super educational, but also there's a component of you can play it live with other people. And that is a hard no for me with elementary school students. Their brains are just not there yet. It's not safe. And I have seen some of the worst of the worst things happen. So um, that's, they can still play these games, but not play them with, you know, people across the world um, in order are, to- Are there settings where kids can play with just kids that they know and yes. you know as a parent? Mm -hmm. So okay. that's the good news is every one of these games and apps have settings that you can use where they can still play them, but they can play them offline or they can do invite only or play them in their uh, Wi-Fi only. So for sure. Since we're on the topic of elementary school kids, before we move into the middle school kids, is there a magical age number for the cell phone? My daughter is seven and a half and she's already starting to talk to me about the phone. I said, don't even think about it. <laughs> That was my same. Um, my kids are going to hate me. I'm already convinced. Um, but yeah, I was like high school and when you can pay for it. Um, but, you know, it's different for every family, right? We talked earlier about um, families from divorced households or that move around a lot or kids with medical conditions or different um, diagnosis that may need that. So I, I don't have a magical age. I just beg parents to think about the fact that these devices are a fully accessible outlet to the world, right? I just booked a plane ticket before we hopped on here today. So thinking about that and thinking about their underdeveloped brains, I, I want parents to pause and think long and hard about making it like a bar mitzvah gift or a birthday gift and thinking about it as a tool. Um, I will say, Maria, that the flip phone still exists and I am all about that once my child needs to be able to communicate with me. 
right? And just keep it simple. So you don't have to worry about the, the texting and the apps and all of that stuff. Let's move on to middle school. I worry so much about the middle school kids. They are now, they're on their devices. They've now downloaded the apps. They're on social media. They're on Facebook and they're constantly comparing themselves to one another. There's bullying that's involved. There are so many issues for these young kids. It's so overwhelming to me, right? And I feel like I deal with a lot of these issues daily, but when I walk into these auditoriums that are packed with kids and I'm like, gosh, you have such a giant load on your shoulders that we didn't have growing up, right? Mm -hmm. Um, Really, you know, like you said, the comparison of the haves and the haves nots, or why does your body look like that? And mine doesn't look like that. Or um, why do you get to go on all these lavish vacations? And I don't. And honestly, the complexity of communication, right? That text messaging or emails or DMs that you can't, I feel like us as grown adults, struggle with interpreting that sometimes much less these kids whose brains aren't fully ready for it yet so it's a lot for them that's for sure in a world where we put so much value on a like and i know young kids will post a picture and if it doesn't get enough likes they take it down and they're upset and it's just it crushes you because there's already so much going on. I remember when we were that age, we had enough to deal with, right? And we didn't have none of that to worry about. So let's talk about the high school students. As time marches on, the threats seem to probably increase, right? Yeah, for sure. I mean, sexting is a giant topic of conversation. God, I can't even. Okay, let's let's get into this because I know that you did your dissertation on sexting. So you are truly the expert. So let us have it. What do we need to know? Okay. It's happening way earlier than actually high school. Like this could actually, this is actually a conversation I have with sixth, seventh and eighth graders as well. So I will say this, something that I've kind of uncovered in many, many focus groups with students and many conversations, which are amazing, by the way, is that one student said to me that, um, we are doing this all wrong. Okay. I love talking to parents about this because they'll flip and be like, "Ugh, gross. Why would kids do this? And I'm like, you know why we didn't? Because we didn't have this stuff, right? Like, right? Totally. None of us would be married. It would be a problem. So for me, I, I think parents need to take a deep breath and me for my, it's been successful talking with kids about it with them about it, as opposed to at them about it. And I've seen a lot of programs that go at kids and they're like, you're going to be arrested. You're going to be naked on the internet for the rest of your life. And I feel like bringing it back to, okay, I didn't do this when I was a kid because I didn't have access to these things. You all are doing it now. And how can we talk about this in a way that's not just pointing our fingers at this horrible generation of kids? It's yeah. something you're doing. Yeah. And, and to me, the, the sexting thing is a much bigger conversation about respecting your body, about relationships, about when it's time to get into all that. It's it's kind of um it's a it's a bigger thing than just technology itself. But you know, of course that's horrifying for parents because like you said, nobody wants to discover that. Um, so when do you step in and, you know, like want to know your kids' passwords and spy on them and, you know, get really involved in what's happening on these devices? 
Yeah, I think it's always important for them to expect that we are going to be checking in. Um, I always, I have this uh, saying that I hate the word snooping, not because I don't think parents can snoop if they want to, but because I want your kids to expect that you're going to be checking in. If we think about the statistics, by the way, these are pre-COVID statistics that kids ages eight to 18 are on their devices for an average of seven and a half hours a day. So if we're not asking questions and being part and checking in, that's like letting them go out on a Saturday for seven hours and then coming home and us being like, what's up? How you doing? Like we ask questions, we're involved in that stuff. And so that, again, that's where that offline online expectations and the way that we parent should really, really match up. All right, we're going to take a quick break. But first, a huge shout out to our sponsor, Hood Sour Cream. Hood Sour Cream is made with real hood milk and cream. So I know I'm giving my family the good stuff. I love to have it on hand to whip up a quick dip when I'm in a pinch. Katie, this has been so interesting. I'm wondering now as a parent sitting here, and I'm sure a lot of people watching and listening are thinking, okay, what can I start doing today? Yeah, I think conversations could not be more important, right? That I feel like when I speak with parents, they're always looking for like a magic app. What can I just toss on my kid's phone that I know they're going to be safe? They're going to make good choices. They're not going to be naked on the phone. You know, this one magic thing that's going to make it all easy for us. And I don't have that. But what I will say is that parenting for us has shifted a bit and we just need to be involved. As always, Katie, in these conversations, I learned so much. So please let us know where people can find you online if they want to find more information. Yeah, so I'm on social media. I'm on Instagram at Katie L. Greer. I'm on Facebook at Katie L. Greer. And Twitter, same handle, at Katie L. Greer. I also have a website, uh, klgreer.com. And all of that information is on there. I try to give parents a lot of articles and information through social and my website as well so they can keep up on this stuff. Well, I appreciate you and the work that you are doing. And thank you so much for being on mom to mom today. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. And that's a wrap for this episode of mom to mom I hope you'll join us on our TV version. That's on Mondays at 1130 a.m. on NBC 10 Boston. Also, if you want a little bit more, you can join us on our Facebook page. Just search for mom to mom with Maria Sansone. And if you want to binge our podcasts, you can find us wherever podcasts are found. Thanks for watching.